Blog Talk Radio.
so And thank you for choosing King Jordan Radio for May 15, 2014. This is King Jordan you're listening to. Too. Tonight on the show, we're going to have Dr. Nurse uh, Cheryl Lee, who testified uh, for the uh, Conrad Murray trial. She also was Michael Jackson's former nurse, and uh, she has a she owns a uh, big practitioning uh, center in Cali, and as soon as uh, she comes in, uh, we're going to talk to her about holistic stuff, and uh, it's going to be a, a great show. So uh, we're waiting for Nurse to come uh, to call in, and uh, as soon as she does, uh, we will uh, start talking to her. In the meantime, uh, don't forget, uh, for you Michael Jackson fans, Tom Mezzaro returns right here to King Jordan Radio on June 23rd at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with two other mystery friends. And we will address Wade Robson and this new claim, uh, Jimmy Safechuck. So we'll get into that next month here on King Jordan Radio. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Mr. King Jordan. Follow us on the uh, follow us on the internet at www.kingjordanradio. Excuse me, www.kingjordansportsandmedia.com. And uh, on Facebook, it is. King Jordan Radio, Facebook.com slash forward slash King Jordan Radio. Tuesday night is wrestling, of course, and uh, you can uh, hear us do wrestling, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for wrestling. Uh, we are waiting for Nurse Lee to call in, and then we will be begin the show. Uh, a lot of other stuff going on in the news. Of course, Oscar Pistorius uh, is doing a mental evaluation. So we'll see what goes on with that. Uh, in fact, let me uh, let you hear part of... Uh, some, also, Chris Brown. I don't know if you guys heard about Chris Brown. Uh, he is involved... Uh, going back to jail. Let me play you this clip as we're waiting for Nurse Lee. All right, what's everyone talking about? Chris Brown, Chris Brown, Lord, Lord, Chris Brown. <laughs> uh, he was arrested on a Friday um, after he was booted out of rehab, and he was kicked out of rehab for three reasons. Uh, refusing to submit to a random drug test. He later took the test, was clear, but he refused to take it the first time. That's a problem, Chris. Um, secondly, speaking negatively about rehab and group therapy, a bad thing. And here's the one. Refusing to stay at least two feet away from women in the facility. He was recently seen touching a woman's elbow and arm. They just say that's a problem. So Chris was in court yesterday in his new orange jumpsuit. 
suit because orange is the new brown. And um, <laughs> the judge ruled that he must now stay in jail until April 23rd. The judge was also troubled by the fact that, um, one, uh, he can't stay. He just has an inability to stay out of trouble. And number two, that Chris said, I'm good at using guns and knives. Not smart. Chris also has another trial date, April 17th, for his unrelated issues in D.C. Ladies, what are you? I, I'm just going to open up here. Chris Brown. Well, I'll go first. I mean, you know, I think that I feel sorry for him because, you know, rehab was the alternative to jail, and he had an opportunity to get off easy. But there are rules, and when you go in, they tell you the rules, and they're pretty straightforward, you know? And, and it's just like if it was not in jail, just eat your fruit cup and shut up, man. Like, just get through it. But I do feel sorry for him because I feel like he has, he obviously has impulse control issues. That's why he's in rehab. And you just, what you, rehab's about helping you get better. Jail is not about helping you get better. Jail's mm. about beating your ass and keeping you quiet. Right. So I feel sorry that he wasn't able to, to, to hold it together because jail's going to be much less hospitable than a nice mm. rehab he with pudding. Broken. I think he looks totally broken now. You can see there's like nothing left in him. But it's... Listen, you, you can't beat the system. Play mm -hmm. the game, keep your mouth shut, do the time, and get out. Get out. And trying to think that you can beat the system, you can't. You want to go? Oh, no, I just think, you know, somebody asked me, like, do you stop believing in Chris Brown? And my thing about that is, like, it's really easy to kind of write somebody off and say they'll never get better. But I've been with friends before to AA meetings, and I've seen, like, miracles, people dying in the street that turn their lives around. So mm -hmm. let's just keep good thoughts for him. And
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I have spoke to uh, Nurse Lee. She will. She is with a patient. She will be calling in in five minutes. Just want to remind you again uh, that the phone number to dial to talk to Nurse Lee is three four seven eight five seven twenty nine fifty. Also, uh, uh, you could follow us on Twitter at Mr. King Jordan. Also, if you want to check out previously uh, videos that I've done, um, definitely check it out on uh, Luna Joe's uh, YouTube. She does a great job. So you can go to uh, YouTube.com slash user, um, then uh, slash Luna Joe 67 That's uh, www.user uh, forward slash uh, Luna 67 And on that, uh, we had just did a show with um, we just did a show with uh, the bodyguard. That was the last uh, Mike Garcia. He was an excellent, excellent guest, and uh, we have done shows with Tom Mesero. We have done shows uh, with a lot of people uh, in the industry. Joe Volk was a great show. And, uh, you know, you might want to go check that out after you're done uh, listening to that. So, uh, don't forget facebook.com forward slash King Jordan Radio. And, uh, we'll, uh, take you to that. Uh, she will be calling in in a few minutes. In the meantime, let's play a new song from Escape, A Place With No Name.
should have uh, Nurse Lee calling in any second. Uh, she just did try to call in, and, uh, you know, maybe she uh, didn't get the uh, right information. We are on the chat. Um, let's see if uh, Nurse Lee is going to check in. Uh, let me see if this is Nurse Lee. Okay, let's go to line five. 
Let's try line five. Line five, is this Mrs. Nursley? I guess not. Okay, we are still waiting for Nursley. Be patient. Go in the chat. Uh, 347-857-2950. And uh, that's the story. Um, So uh, we are currently waiting for Mrs. Lee. Uh, she she will be here any second, I promise you. <laughs> okay, uh, let's let me call her and uh, see what's going on here. And uh, uh, let me see what I could play. Let's see. Uh, love. Uh, boy. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we do have her here. Uh, uh, let's introduce to you, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Nurse Lee, Sherilyn Lee. Good evening, Sherilyn, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. How are you? Hello. Yes, hi, Nurse Lee, you're on. No, 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 Jordan, this is not Nurse Lee. This is Mother Diva, the mother of house music, and Shirley Lee is a good friend of mine. I just texted her and told her I was listening, so I just thought I would call the show and keep you company until she gets oh, here. Oh, that's awesome. You're a friend of Nurse Lee? Yes, I the had friend? the opportunity to meet her at the Michael Jackson Fanvention in 2012, and I interviewed her, and she is a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. She has Okay, uh, let, me, uh, let me see. I think we've got her now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Miss Nurse Lee. Good evening, Nurse Lee, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. How are you? I am truly blessed, and how are you doing this evening? Okay, actually, we're just talking to a uh, a fan that has the same area code, and uh, uh, they were just giving you some props. So okay. we are a little late. It's twenty six hours. Say again. I said I was actually to hear Mother Diva. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, actually, let me let me put the caller back on on for a second, uh, okay. since you wanted to call and say, say hello. Uh, 310, you're on again with Nurse Lee. Go ahead, 310, we were just talking. Hello? 310927, are you there? Yes, that's, that's, that's me, Mother yes, Diva. Yes, that is. Yes. Okay, how are you doing, Mother Diva? Would you, yes, I, okay, we, did you want to say... A question or anything for Bruce Lee? I was just waiting for mean? her to come on and share um, stories. And, well, one of the questions that I, I did have for her, um, there's a new, uh, well, I don't know if it's new, um, Dr. Lee, but uh, this this infection or disease that has come into the United States, I think it's called MERS. Yes, it is. And I was just wondering 
was there any holistic remedies for that? Well, it, I think the person needs to be worked up. I know um, medically you're hearing about a lot of antibiotics and different things. We have had MRSA. Uh, I have worked with people with MRSA and other conditions that have been pretty devastating. And to say, you know, there's a holistic, I would say there's more a complementary approach to the to the condition. But it's hard to say, you know, what exactly a person needs to take without doing a full workup to see what else is going on with them. Um, but any uh, practitioner who is involved with American Academy of Advancement in Medicine or Integrative Medicine is what I do and how I practice because I'm more than just a nurse and have been for almost 30 years So uh, and have worked in every modality of health uh, there is. So I have... Uh, Results of conditions because I believe in lab work and you know and to integrate both components. So to answer the question, I would say on an integrative approach, there would be a way to help a person to heal. My concern too is the quality of that person's life and making sure that everything is checked out thoroughly, all the lab results. And when I say it's more routine, uh, it's not just your everyday lab test like a CBC. So it would be much more in detail. So uh, if someone had that condition, it's like MRSA. Nobody wanted to talk about MRSA as it related to vitamin IV therapies, and a lot of people have a lot of problems, which some people do. But Dr. Thomas Levy, who is a very dear friend of mine, who has been a frequent guest with me, uh, have treated people also with MRSA and other conditions, and they went back and found nothing. So the same as what we do here at uh, Nutribed Integrated Healthcare. So I would say you would need to find a good practitioner uh, and make sure all the lab and everything is done. All it's going to do is give you a better quality of life. Um, but there is always something a person can do and not run around in fear. That's the worst thing because this is a deadly virus. But so is MRSA. Okay. I hope I answered. All right, nurse. Anything else? Nine two seven. Oh no, I'm just listening. Do you want me to hang up and turn the radio on, or? Uh, whatever you want. You, uh, you can listen to the it's show. It's your I'll, show, I'll Jordan. You're, it's your show. I, I don't want to take over your show. <laughs> Do you want to listen to the rest of the show? I'll put you on hold. Is that good? Just let him know. Okay. Well. <laughs> he put her on back on hold. Okay. All right, Nurse Lee, um, let's start back uh little Michael Jackson talk. Um, when, what happened? He called you in 2009, right? He had some kind of sleeping disorder. Let's get this on the record, the actual truth, because there's a lot of misconceptions. Oh, there's been misconceptions since day one. And, yes. And unfortunately, um, it's all on the record. More of the trial, mm -hmm. I was able to say more, the second trial, that's also on the record, which a lot of people don't know because they're not going to go through and try to find all the records of the trial. Especially right. it, was, it was during the time of his 
celebration that they were doing in Gary, Indiana, when I, the second trial happened, when I happened to take the stand. But I've said this um, on national television, and things get a little choppy here and there. But I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to be detailed with anything because it's been so long. And not only that, uh, I've had several family members to pass in this length of time, along with a array of things that have happened to me. So um, meeting him in January of 2009. Um, right. And going back to that, I actually met uh, his children first, and this was how that was brought about because they had a cold. Like I said, what I'm telling you is all common knowledge. I don't know how convoluted things are because of people editing certain things. But um, right. um, as time went on, he asked me if I could, you know, um, provide him with other nutritional things that I do in the clinic because he just wanted to stay healthy. He didn't think he was sick of anything other than maybe um, he was concerned about um, some other things with his health, but nothing that was serious. He just wanted to have some lab work done. So we did that, and um, he was started. we started doing the vitamin C IVs. Now, vitamin C IVs, for anyone that does those, there's lab work that should be done prior to anyone just having a vitamin C drip. Now we see so many people uh, in the media, so many clinics have popped up from California to New York to Florida, that are doing vitamin C drips because when I took the stand and they asked me, what do you do in Nutriment Integrated Healthcare? This is what I told them. So I told Michael uh, my background when I arrived there and that I was not a medical doctor. Uh, I went to school at a school when it was not fashionable for people to go to school and do online training for a Ph.D. in, in integrative medicine or holistic nutrition. It wasn't fashionable in the 80s as it is now. All your major universities have online classes. I am a board-certified sure. nurse practitioner. So I bring that all together, and this is what I shared with him. So he said, I know, I've already right. checked you out. So he took time to check me out before I even arrived because uh, someone had given him my name. So in starting that whole journey, you know, with him, and everything was fine up until... April, when he, I think it was April, and that's why I don't want to date anything because I don't have anything in front of me to be that fresh on anything, and I don't want someone to go back and nitpick this conversation and say, oh, no, <laughs> and what she said then. Well, there was a couple of people you know. uh, honestly uh, nitpicking me, and uh, I just want to get certain things uh, t- accounted for. Now, you know, had no idea that Conrad Murray was involved with this whole propofol thing, and you didn't know that he was doing it in his house. Is that no. right? And I've been I've been stopped by people. No, I did not meet him. Um, I did not see him personally until the trial. I have never seen him before up until the trial. Uh, what was that, 2011? The first trial. I just say the first trial. So to try to go back and, and you had no way of knowing, like you couldn't have stopped anything because you had no knowledge that he was going to do that, uh, Murray. So there's nothing you could have said or do at that particular time to stop uh, Murray. 
Is that if accurate? I, if I had, that's accurate. And if I had known something of that nature, believe me, I would have done something. Um, you know, but you cannot barge into someone's house if someone tells you, if you tell someone that the safety of this. And my problem with uh, what people had to say, and I don't live for people. I've been in two comas myself personally. And, um, you know, I cannot walk around and carry all this weight of what people say because people are going to have their opinion. Now, I did not meet Murray. I did not meet Murray. I do not know Murray. Um, His ethics of care I thought was absolutely horrible. I have worked in hospitals. I've worked in emergency rooms. I am a nurse practitioner, uh, graduate from Charles Drew Medical School as a physician assistant, uh, I do not work as a PA, but I work as a nurse practitioner. So the PhD in holistic medicine is something that I also incorporated and do, and that was additional training, not only in the schooling I had taken was online, but I do additional training and workshops that I attend at least every other month or so. I'm in weekend workshops, and when I say workshop, these are very intense. I'm learning how to do IV therapy you have to actually have to go through classes to do this. You just don't go and do this. So I've been doing this for years. Um, a lot of my patients are physicians um, and other holistic practitioners are patients because of the results that I receive. Now, as far as Murray's concerned, I never met him. Um, I didn't know anything about him until the day that this happened to Michael. Now, I know people were saying that, oh, you know, how is it that you are in the hospital on a cell phone? Now, to some people, that sounds bizarre. Um, to a lot of people, they know this. I happen to have been, I live in Los Angeles, in California. I happen to right. have been in Florida um, the weekend of Father's Day, the weekend of his, his, uh, of his passing. I happen to have been in Florida. Now, because of all the stress and everything I was going through, um, I was having problems with uh, blood pressure. And with that long travel and traveling late at night and didn't get any sleep myself, and sometimes I get a little overworked in what I do because I don't turn patients away. um, I get to see that. (laughs) I just don't. That's why we got started here late because I have people who flew in from out of town. I'm very good at what I do is because I put God first, and that's why I'm good at what I do. Now, when he, when Michael called me, and I know I had this interview, and I know during that time on CNN, and when he called me, I know people were saying, how could she have used a telephone in the emergency room? Well, what had happened is I went to the emergency room because I was feeling a little dizzy. I wasn't used to Florida heat. And with traveling, the way I did, I had not slept for two days. By the time I got right. I arrived there for a seminar, I still didn't go to sleep that night because we had a gathering that night, then we had a class that morning. And so what had happened was I just woke up that morning and felt very, very dizzy. So I said, you know what, let me uh, call a, another friend of mine. He's a very close friend. And he said, well, why don't you just take the shuttle and go over to the hospital because no one here have a blood pressure cuff and just see if it's your blood pressure, which I kind of thought it was. But, you know, I said, let me just sit down and relax. But I just needed rest. 
So when I got there, I had my purse sitting on the floor, and I happened to glance down at my purse and saw that it was one of the security people calling me um, from Michael's house. And um, and that's when I heard him say, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Jackson would like to see you as soon as possible. And I said, well, that's not very possible because I'm out of town. What is going on? Now, I might have said it just the other way around, but the essence of the story is when I received the call, I let them know that I was out of town. And I did answer the phone in the emergency room. Matter of fact, it was such a, I mean, I, I have a hospital bill. I mean, I don't have to try to prove anything to people. You know, right. And how right. people come up with their own theories, their own stories. I mean, people have done documentaries on me. I'm like, gee, I don't even have, I don't have that type of lifestyle to be doing documentaries on other people. I am trying to live <laughs> my life from day to day and moment to moment and enjoy it. Amen. And, and praise and grace people try to, other people. People try to sensationalize don't things. Have, too many people come to me who have been told that, you know, they have so many issues and things going on. So I take my time and deal with people who want to go through things and not people who are trying to dissect my life. Uh, I have no reason Absolutely. to lie. You know, so the the problem with that was I did, I was in the hospital for a moment, and right. uh, I didn't, you know, I heard Michael in the background. Some people said, oh, no, she was on the phone with him, and then she said, oh, my goodness, listen to what I said. That's all, just listen. But the news would chop things up, so people get different parts of us. And if you didn't watch everything from day one, when they came on the news and said, we don't know the cause of death. You know, and that's when I said, well, I don't really know the cause, but I know he asked me for something that I said no to. And just to regress a little bit and go back, you know, what really upsets me about the situation with Mr. Jackson is that when you have an issue, I don't care if it's insomnia, I don't care if it's a dental problem, I don't care if you're a woman is pregnant and want to find the best obstetrician to deliver her baby. I don't care what the problem is. You will ask a friend. You will ask your doctor if you're for primary care. You will ask, what? who can you refer me to? Who is the best doctor as a referral you can send me to? Michael was only trying to find the best, the best person to help him with his problem with insomnia. So people want to be labeled, labeled him as doctor shopping which I had a chance to talk about in the second trial. I said he wasn't doctor shopping. He was only trying to find the best person to help him with his sleeping disorder. How many people? Yeah, I heard he, pay, he would pay a million dollars for one good night's sleep. You know, I heard that. Do you know how many people that have interviewed me in the media who have also said that I have a friend with the same problem as Michael? He cannot sleep. I have met so many people. I have met anesthesiologists who have come up to me and said, do you know the percentage of people who said, you know what, I had the, this propofol when he, he asked me it was uh, Deprovan, and then they start changing the name as time went on in the media and called this call it propofol, the other name for it. And, and they said, you know, a lot of people wake up from surgery and say, wow, I was, I was out how many hours? Oh, gee, can I have that at home? I mean, it's not uncommon. It's just 
uncommon for someone to give it to someone at home. So that's what the problem yes. is. And you mentioned also a team they need, right? You need a monitor. You need a EKG. He didn't have that. Oh, actually, he was totally incompetent. Right. That's why the trial, and I was on CNN with Dr. Gupta uh, a couple times, and he did a reenactment on TV to show uh, and like I said, if you you don't watch the news, the only reason why I was watching is because I wanted to see how I was going to be projected out there, and I knew some things was really a lie. But I wanted to see uh, exactly how he did this whole reenactment uh, in the emergency room. And he pointed out every little thing that needs to be in that room if you're going to use this type of medication, and it's not used at home. Unbelievable. And uh, the fact that he would do this, Murray, and get paid all that money and not have the proper care was just horrifying. The doctors that testified uh, said they listed about 15 uh, uh, egregious uh, things that he did, including not calling 911 right away. Yeah, you know, it's sad. It's just you have to live with yourself the things that you do and you're you have and and you know have a some type of conscience sometimes i wonder about certain people having a conscience at all but um i things that was done to him i wouldn't have done to an animal sorry that's just the way i look at it um he's, he's a, he was a human being we all are and i think we have we need to be, be treated with the utmost respect treated with the best quality of care and I don't I don't do things for money that I mean I could have could have done all kind of interviews I've been approached to do interviews in the UK I mean for like two million dollars I mean I didn't wow. I didn't receive one penny not one penny wow. I wanted to do. not one penny and people thought I did you know, they all thought, oh, look at her. She's all over the TV. She's making this money. No, I wanted people to know the truth. He was not a drug addict. He had a problem with insomnia. Now, maybe years ago, I don't know that history. All I know is the person that I met in 2009 was not a drug addict and was not looking for drugs. No I, question. I, worked, I worked in chemical dependency. So you know the sons. Yes. Okay, let's try this caller. Uh, unidentified number, uh, it's your turn. Yeah, hello, mate. How are you? I'm blessed. How are yes, you? Yes, can you state your name and where you're calling from, please? Uh, Mark from California. Uh, what's Good your evening. Take, what's your take on this uh, Pearl Junior uh, woman says that Michael Jackson is still alive? Well, you know, I... Do you guys get along? I don't know her well. Nah, she said well, that she we seems to know you. Well, a lot of people say they know me. But, and, I do, <laughs> I, and, I, and I do know people. It's just that I'm really, really bad with names. Honestly, I am horrible with names. Now, um, there was an event um, a dear friend of mine put on every year entitled Honor Thy Mother. I'm sorry, Honor Thy Father. Um, and she said she was there uh, before uh, everything happened, and we met. Um, 
and probably we, we I'm sure we did. As she says, she, we we did. I do, I'm sure she's a person of ethics, and we did meet. I don't. I remember. wouldn't know about that. She says Michael is still alive, so I wouldn't know about oh, that. Oh, that part there. I'm I'm sorry. Michael loved his children. He would never do that to his kids. That's what you would figure. You would like to hope that anyway, you know? No, I I was with him. I spent a lot of time with Mr. Jackson, the most kindest person. And he just felt like family. Day and night I spent with him. So why would he uh, 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 pressure to to something like that, to to make people feel that uh, he's not uh, among us anymore? Say that again. Why does he keep uh, saying on on these tapes and that Michael is still alive? Well, I I don't know why a person do the things they do. Is it a money thing or? I I I can't answer that. That's something you would have to talk to her about. I can just say that the love he had for his children and his mother and his, I mean his family that he would never um, remove himself from his children and let them go to go through what they have been going through. He would never do that. Never. Did he get along with the father? Um, he loved his father. He did express that to me. He loved his father. Did you get along with him? I met him much later. Did I get along with him? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I did, I did, I did meet him. I, I you know. I did meet him, and I did meet his mom. Very, so, a very lovely family. Do you feel like uh, you'll be writing a book soon regarding your your adventures and all this? Um, I have written a book. It's actually an audio book entitled "Written." Yes, tell us about that. Um, the title of the book is entitled "Written Before I Was Born," uh, and it's an audio book you can listen to. Now, I was working on this book for the last fifteen years. <laughs> And I decided to write it, turn it into an audio book because of my own journey and because of um, it starts with my childhood. And sometimes you don't really know a person unless you listen to their story. I don't know you. I, I don't know King Jordan. You know, we don't know a person because you never walked in my shoes. I never walked in your That's shoes. Right. So you never know a person. I don't know your heart. I don't know you. I know that people who know me, I'm always consistent, and they know who I am. And I'm a person who loves God, who put God first. And anyone who comes to the clinic, they know that they're coming to a place that a person who cares for them, who's going to take time for them, because most of my life, I was a patient. And it's very important for me to take that time and consideration with each person. You might walk in my door with a disease label, but that isn't who you are. You're not a this diabetic person with a disease label. You're a person. What brought you to that point? What robbed you of the sweetness and joy of your life? You know, and then we take it. It's like peeling the onion. And then we take it to nutritional. Then we deal with the emotional. We deal with the spiritual. You know, not everybody's going to leave here and, and not be on medication. <laughs> it's true. And I was telling you uh, about a couple of people had the... to call nine one one. They were just so sick. They passed out in my clinic. They came too sick. 
you know, I have to call 911 for you. There's not a herb or a vitamin to give you at that point. So I've Absolutely. You know, I was medicine. telling you about the uh, these accusations that this, uh, this other person came with. And since you're close to Michael, can you tell me uh, if you think he was capable of hurting a child? No. I don't think he was. Not at all. He he loved people. The one thing I I admire admired there's a lot of things I admired about Mr. Jackson, and it's just very painful to talk about it only because he was such a loving person, and he was so misunderstood. We spent so much time talking. He never gossiped about anybody. He could have. He never put anybody down. He did everything he could to help people. If I wanted him to talk to a patient and say, look, this patient really admire you and, you know, is going through this with a condition, he would take the time. He cared about people. He cared about children. And maybe, you know, a lot of our, my background, I was scheduled to have both my legs amputated as a child. I was bullied, severely bullied. Really? You look at me now, people are like, oh, really, that happened to you? And some people, I don't believe that happened. Well, I still have scars on my leg from when they wanted to amputate it. Why would I lie about that? You know, God sent me back here in 1992. When I went to heaven and saw the bright light and crossed over, I tried not to come back here. Why would I want to be here? And I still have, I have children. I'm a grandmother of nine. I have three daughters. You're a grandmother? Yes. I thought I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that. Nobody does. <laughs> Even when they're with me, they think they're my children. <laughs> no, <laughs> my grandchildren. All right, let's try another call. Uh, this is also unidentified. Uh, you're on line number four. Go ahead. Okay, let's try another one. Line number five. Unidentified number. You're on. Hello? Yes. No, I'm sorry. That was me saying hello. It's just a habit. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, the number to hang is 347-857-2950. Anything you want to say. Uh, Also, I was telling you about the uh, estate putting out a new album. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, you know, I... When it comes to the business side of everything that's going on over there, I, I you know, I don't really have a, a, an opinion on that, um, that that I would voice. Um, people do things for various reasons, and, again, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, you don't know if there was a lot of still bills and people have to take care of them. I don't know. You know, I try to take care of myself. I try to do everything I can uh, for Mr. Jackson with his name and knowing that what a caring person he was, what a loving person he he, he was, and, 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 and he did so much. I even met a couple of his patients that came up to me and said, had not been for him, he wouldn't still, they wouldn't be here because he went to the hospital and took care of everything and, and made sure that they 
had everything they needed, so they're still here. And they just wanted to give me a hug. They said, because you seem like to be such a caring person toward him. Very respectful, and so am I. And I wouldn't do anything to cross that line. I don't care who the person is. And I can't even give you names of people who have been my patients. And they know. They know me. And they know that what they tell me, what they have said, what their treatment has been, is staying right here with me. I'll take it to my grave, which I don't plan to die. Okay. Let's go out to 360. It's your turn. Please state your name and where you're calling from. 360, you're on with Nurse Lee. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, th- hi, Nurse Lee. Hi, how are you? Yes. I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm truly blessed. Thank what you. What is your name? Uh, my name's Mason. I'm calling from Mount Vernon, Washington. Yes. Okay. Welcome. Um, thanks. I had a question. Um, there were a lot of uh, troubling evidence that came out during the Murray uh, criminal trial. Um, one of them was the recording that he made of uh, Michael when he was uh, um, clearly on some kind of drug or something. I was very, uh, it was very disturbing to hear that. And I just wonder, you know, did you have any thoughts about that? Because the judge, when he was sentencing him, uh, specifically commented on that and thought that it was, you know, maybe he was trying to get uh, something that he could use against uh, Michael later on. I was wondering if you had any thoughts. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, you're you're more than welcome. Um, Um. you sound a lot like myself, and it still bothers me. How could a person a person take their patient? That's it's like if you went to one of the HMOs and your doctor taped you on mm-hmm. a kind of visit. You know that's so unethical. Mm-hmm. You know, unless I say it, patients have asked me, "Can they take the conversation?" <clears throat> Excuse me if I'm doing an exam on them or I'm doing. Uh, early cancer screening with a machine called CRT. They will ask me, can I tape it because I don't want to forget this when I go home. That's different. Mm-hmm. When you tape someone when they're not themselves, you know, why would you do it? That's a big question mark. Why would you do that? Yeah, so, I wonder that why nobody disturbing. has ever... I wonder why nobody has ever asked him about that either. And he's I've done all these interviews, Dr. Murray, and, you know, if I was talking to him, I would say, you know, what... Because he keeps saying, you know, I cared about Michael, I love Michael. Well, then why would you do that when he's clearly, you know, I I know that anybody uh, would be horrified if, you know, they heard that, uh, if there was something out there like that, uh, and uh, Michael would certainly not be happy about it either. I I wonder why nobody has ever... uh, He didn't release it when he was alive, you know, just like this event that we're all hearing about, and you're in another state from... Um, Sterling, I mean, you know, this whole thing and him being taped on the phone. Oh, yes. I mean, it's just horrible. How do you do that to a person? But you do this to Mr. Jackson when he's not aware. Uh, anybody, when you have even half asleep, what if somebody would put you under and come in a room and tape you then? You know, if you were in a hospital right before surgery. You know, it, it's, it's, it's so, it still bothers me. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's me so too. Dead. You know, he felt like we all grew up with him as children. Mm-hmm. Loved his music and still do. Mm-hmm. And it's still so very painful. My my grandson, who then was nine years old, 
uh, he didn't know he was my patient. Nobody knew. My family, nobody knew he was my patient. I spent days and nights with him. And when he found out, he found out because he was watching the news, and he cried so hard every day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he does the whole routine of, of Michael Jackson. He just feels like, Grandmother, I feel like he's part of me. But, you know, and he asked me the same question. He watched the news, and he asked me, as nine years old, grandmother, nine, ten, how could he do that? Why would, I mean, my own grandchildren asked me. And they were, we're all upset. We're all very disturbed about that. And mm-hmm. I still am. And it's still very painful because there isn't a day that doesn't pass that I, I relive a lot of this. And it becomes very painful. Well, it thank really you very much for taking my call. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, and, uh, you know, when you took the stand, uh, you really uh, needed a minute to, uh, con- you know, get yourself back to nor- together. What was that, the stress of seeing Murray testifying, combination of all? Well, it was a combination of everything. And the one thing that people that know, and in the book I just did, in the last one of the chapters is behind the scenes, trials and errors. And what happened behind the scenes? Yes. Well, how can they get that book, by the way? Um, actually, you can call the clinic, and we can send it out to you. Um, and it's uh, the clinic number is three one zero four one nine forty three hundred, and we can just send it out to you. I think it's been a little glitch in the website, but the website is the same title of the book, written before I was born, and there is a PayPal account there. But you definitely could call the clinic at three one zero four one nine. 4,300, and we can send it out to you right away, same day. But um, what happened the day of the trial, I had closed my clinic four times, four times that I had a call that you're going to be on the stand. I closed the the office. You're going to be on the stand, closed the office. It was back and forth, and it it was so unbelievably stressful. And then um, I I, I was at home. And I received a call that, oh, you're taking the stand this afternoon. I'm like, I'm at home. I'm really not feeling good. Can we just do this to start tomorrow morning? I've been going through this at least four times. Can we please start tomorrow morning? No, you need to be here this evening. I mean, at 2 o'clock, I think it's 12 o'clock or something. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I need to get dressed. I am female. So, you know, we do a little bit more work than men to get dressed. And I said, let me, you know, go downtown so I had to get someone to take me because I didn't want to try to worry about parking because I was already a nervous wreck, you know. And so when I get yeah, there, I can imagine. you know, I was I, I, I had everything with me, and I said, oh, my goodness, I just feel so unorganized, you know, and I know I need to have everything with me, but I didn't think I would have had to jump up out of bed, get dressed, and go stand in front of a camera for a whole the world to watch you. And, to, and, 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 and this, everything is still so painful, you know, to talk about this. So I got there, and um, things were okay, except for the second day, you know, because I was late the first time (laughs) because I was called so late in the day and I only had a two-hour window. How do you have a two-hour window to get dressed and travel way across town doing rush hour traffic? So that's what I did. So the second day, um, it was so cold in L.A., and I, I, for some reason, I don't know why I wore this heavy coat because it was cold. And um, the president was in town. Oh, so wow. The president being in town and dealing with the traffic, 
trying to now get to the court again. Um, by the time I got up, I didn't eat anything. I didn't do anything. I just felt super dizzy. I said, let me hurry up, let me hurry up. This person's driving. I told him, no, just step on it. You know, avoid tra- traffic, but kind of step on it so we can get there on time. So when I got there, there was this long line because you're the court building, and I just said, excuse me to everybody, can I please get in line? Can I go ahead of you? So finally, everybody let me go ahead of them because I was running a little late because of the traffic. And the president being in town, everything was detoured, especially going downtown L.A. And so when I got there um, and was getting ready to go on the stand, I said, can I have a glass of water? They said, no, you need to go get on the stand. And I'm like, can I, I mean, I just ran down this hall, you know, once I got to the, the floor there. Can you let me have a glass of water? So I go, no, 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 you need to go get on the stand right now. You're running, you're way behind schedule. So they snatch my coat up off me, and I run up up there on the stand. And as soon as I got there and they asked one question, I looked down at those questions, and I'm telling you, I did not see anything on that paper. I was so dizzy. And then the whole wow. thing, I could not, it was, it was making me sick, literally, to be in that room with him. And actually so bad. My daughter called me that night. She said, Mom, what was wrong with you? I said, what do you mean? She said, you just had this strange look on your face. I'd never seen a look on your face like that before. And I'm like, um, maybe because I was staring at him saying, why don't you just please tell the truth? All this could have been avoided. Just tell. And so I didn't even know on YouTube they put it on there as I gave him a death stare. I'm like, really? Are you kidding? It's on YouTube, and I'm like, oh my goodness! And when I looked at that myself, I said, oh my goodness! I did not know that I was looking at looking at another human being that way. But you know, and I, it's just, I, I actually don't even like to think about him. Period. Because I could not have done that to a human being, never. And uh, one of the things that happened was he actually made you, uh, Michael, uh, made you see him sleep or tried to sleep, right? Michael? Michael tried to, right. He tried to prove to you that he... he Yeah, he wanted me to see that, you know, because he knew what type of person I was Um, by April, from January to April. He said, so I just wanted you to see that I have a difficult time sleeping. Now, you know, this show really was going to be on nutrition. <laughs> nutrition and <laughs> toxic environment. <laughs> because I, I, have, I have repeated this so many times. But like I said, things can get very convoluted. I won't men- mention the outlet because they, the media, in all honesty, I've had no problem with the media. It's just that if you're watching, really? if you're watching things at a certain level, then you will, you, you will get things kind of, because some people wanted to know why were you on the trial, you know. I've I've you know seen different people and they said you were on the trial. You have a lot of good points, but nobody knew that from the time of his his, um, uh, his him making his transition, from the time that happened to when they said what was the cause of death. I would have never said anything, never said anything if they had not kept saying we don't know the cause of death. So when I stepped into the arena, I said, well. He asked me for something, you should look for it. And that's when, uh, and, and all that happened within less than 24 hours. I said it one day, the next day, 
is when they found the propofol in his house. So if you'd missed the day of the news, you didn't even know. All of a sudden now you're hearing, well, Michael possibly died of propofol. We're doing a second autopsy. And if you follow the news, they had to go find a specialist to do the toxicology report to find the propofol in his body. That's why it took so long before the funeral, because it took them a long time to find it as an overdose in his body. They did not find that initially, because when in a hospital, when you're doing an autopsy and a toxicology report, you don't look for that unless somebody tells you you need to look for ABC. So you have missed it. There's a very close friend of me right now, very, very close, that someone gave that person antifreeze. And this person, as of next month, is still in a coma, 29 years old. 29 years old. And I told them, look for the active ingredients in antifreeze. If you did a toxicology report, you missed it. Look for the tox- Look for that. And when they did that, they found it. Unbelievable. So, totally unbelievable. So I stay very, very spiritual with each person. And, um, you know, that's what I do. I was just so... Well, just, I think that trial was crazy. The uh, 2005 trial, when he was accused of uh, inappropriate uh, with child, where he was cleared 14 times, that was a big circus. Um, reporters were just going one side against Michael. It was horrible, the well, way that things that, that they were saying. In my own community, he, I've had people... People who would come and and say thank you from all other countries, all other cities have come to my office and said thank you for being there, thank you for supporting him. You know, in my own community, this is what happened with people. People did not know him. They did not understand him as a person. All they wanted to do, you know, some people are waiting to you to fall into a hole. You know, I tell people, let them throw rocks, okay, because that will give you enough rocks to crawl out of the hole. You know, um, a very dear friend of mine who's an elderly lady shared that with me. But, you know, people never know you. And people who are listening right now, how many people truly know you that have said something behind your back and you know it was not true? It is not a good feeling, you know. And then you, you grow up. You know, with people, and you can't be around a lot of people because you're an entertainer, so people are pulling on you. You don't know what people, you don't know who to trust as a friend. I I spoke to some people on that camp, and they thought they had a very dear friend, and the person was videotaping, I mean, audiotaping them all along. Just sell it to the media. Uh, You know, my my clinic has been bugged. How many people have come to my clinic that really did not even want to come in as a patient? They just want to see what I knew about Michael Jackson. Wow. Makes you become paranoid about people. You know, why is this person doing this? Why are you asking me this question? You know, I have to watch patients when they come in the room. Do you have a tape? Are you taping me? (laughs) In his case, he loved people. He enjoyed life. People don't know that. They think, oh, poor Michael, he was just so isolated, so this. No. He enjoyed life. He went to movies. He did a lot of things that we all do. You know, he couldn't go out himself a lot of times, so he had many disguises. He could be in the same room with you. You would never know it. Yeah, yeah. 
That, that's the whole thing with Mike you know, and... Uh, everybody made an assumption, and they said, oh, poor Michael, and poor this. Yes, he had moments where he might have been by himself before he had his children. That's one reason why I think he wanted his own children. So, well, like I said, we had many discussions, and, um, and his kids were always with him. With dealing with somebody that had lupus or something like that, and uh, that other skin disorder that Mike had, well, you know, my very first lupus patient was my sister, uh, and we're, you know, we are four years apart. And again, I've already said a grandmother without putting my age out there. It's probably out there anyway, like everything else. Um, mm-hmm. And so in working with her, I learned a lot years ago, greater than 30 years ago with lupus patients because of working with my own sister. And then I've worked with other lupus patients and sarcoidosis, which you don't hear a lot about. And these people are doing just fine. Uh, um, vitiligo. vitiligo. Vitiligo has a lot of, you know, when you look at two autoimmune diseases, uh, vitiligo and uh, lupus, when you look at vitiligo and lupus of any person, they have, because I have vitiligo patients now and who have lupus, and they have insomnia, but they're doing much, much better because we were able to get all the tests done. You know, with with Mr. Jackson, he's getting ready for a concert, um, and he didn't have time to do a whole lot of the tests, and I said that during the trial. So everything I'm saying right now, I've already said it before. And my my notes were more thorough than anybody. That's why I think I went through so much during the first trial and the second trial because I had such thorough notes. And it's very important that you document things that you're doing with people, not keep a diary as somebody asked me. Did I have a diary of him? I couldn't believe I was asked that. And the other thing with Murray is he didn't take any notes. No, I, I, you know, so I know you come to my office or I'm dealing with you, I'm going to have a note. I'm going to write down chief complaint. I'm going to write down what you, what's going on. I'm going to ask you how you're feeling right now. I'm going to go through, we, we can do soap notes, we used to call it that. I'm going to go through everything. And my questionnaires are long. That's why my, my deposition for the second trial was so long. I don't think anyone went through a deposition like that but myself because everything was so long. I think they learned a lot, too. <laughs> the deposition was long. <laughs> now, let's, but, uh, let's okay. talk about your practice. Uh, let's say somebody who has a bad case of arthritis uh, comes to you, uh, nursely, uh, this arthritis okay. tells me <laughs> when the weather happens. Uh, what would you uh, recommend and how would you go about treating uh, arthritis without painkillers? As a practitioner, if you, now there's so many forms of arthritis, number one, okay, and, and also male versus female. But if it either, I want to make sure what type of arthritis you have. You can say I have joint pain, okay, because there's so many things that can cause joint pain depending on what area of the body also. You know, so mm-hmm. if you come in and say, I've been diagnosed with arthritis, I want to know what type of arthritis. So if I'm dealing with osteo, I want to check and find out what's going on there because your your treatment plan is going to be different. Now, did you have anything else combined with arthritis? 
Do you have hypertension? Do you have headaches? Do you have insomnia? Do you have um, irritable bowel syndrome? Now, in most cases with arthritis, what has happened with almost a lot of conditions is called leaky gut syndrome, which you can repair that right away. So leaky gut is where the lining of the colon becomes very porous, and a lot of those toxins leak out into the blood system. And when that happens, you you start having a lot of things happen. And that's just one. Now, listen very carefully because people will walk away and they say, well, she said leaky gut. No, listen to the whole story. So we listen to, we look I look at leaky gut and we work on that. We look at diet nutrition. We pull away sugar from the diet. You have to pull away sugar from the diet. And for 30 days I take everybody off all sugars. And only fruit you can have is berries, except strawberries. Um, you make sure you pull out gluten out of the diet if you have joint pain. Because if you have a lot of wheat bread and other gluten products that you're eating in the diet, that can cause you a lot of joint pain. We pull out aspartame. So if you're doing sweet and low and some of these other things, we pull out all the sweeteners. We pull those out. And people say, well, what do I put in my coffee. Number one, you shouldn't be drinking coffee because it's going to dehydrate you. So you want to get enough rest. You want to drink enough fluid. You want to drink enough water. How do you alkalize the body? You know, you don't do it with an mm-hmm. alkalized machine. You want to do this with lemon. Squeeze some lemon in the water. Lemon in the water is alkaline water and it will alkalize your body. That's so water uh, your, 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 your cooler, right? So after I go through all of that, I have two machines in my office. And one is muscle reconditioning, true te- the true Tesla. And I, I will use that on the area where they're having pain. And it's muscle reconditioning. So it's going to not only help a muscle pain, bone pain, joint pain, it's going to help. Uh, right now um, I'm dealing with a uh, a patient who... Actually, no one has been able to diagnose her. This because I put God first. I'm able to find out faster what is going on with you because I know God is going to answer me right now. He's going to answer you right now. So those who are listening and who have any problems, just ask God, what is the purpose uh, of what's going on in your life right now? And start praying for yourself. Put your hand over the area where you're having pain. So when people come to me, this is what we do. So this lady called me on the phone. I do know her. And I said, you know, you had a really bad ski, skiing accident. Because uh, she told me this. And she said, but I'm having a lot of difficulty moving my bowels. I just can't move my bowels. And actually, it's a male, not a female. A uh, lot of problems. So I said, I've seen this before. So while she's talking to me, while anyone is talking to me on the phone or whether they be in person or on the phone, or whatever. I'm praying while you're telling me what's wrong. So I knew right then what had happened to her, with him. Let me say him. So he came to the clinic, and I said, okay, I'm going to put you on my machine called the Matrix machine, uh, which is bioelectric medicine. He had no pacemaker, so I said, I'm going to put you on the machine, and I'm going to treat your abdomen. I'm going to get your abdomen because what is happening, your peristaltic movement in your stomach have frozen a little bit because where you have the pain in your lower back, across there are nerve endings that are going across there toward the colon too, and some of those are not working the way they should. So once I put these cups on that person's stomach, 
um, and got the muscles moving. It felt like a, a massage. It felt really good. And got the muscles moving. <laughs> then this person actually, um, they had three treatments and they're back to normal. Now I have all the universities that she was going to, hospitals, want to know, well, we don't understand. How did you know that it happened? And, well, you know, putting God first does help. That's right. That's right. You know, and then setting up the proper treatment. And, you know, and, and I have seen results. I believe that because God is a right now God. He's right now, not tomorrow, mm. not next week, not next year. He's right now. And if I'm going to believe in that, and the person coming to me believe in that, then we know that we can get some results right now. That's, so that's, that's, for, right. that's for arthritis. So and again, arthritis is not simple. So I got to know: is this arthritis really, you know, some form of lupus? Is it a form of fibromyalgia? What is this type of pain you're having? Where? When does it occur? Day or night? Does it, occur, does it start in the morning and progressively get worse? Is it migratory pain, starting in one hand and move around to the other part of the body? You know, is it rheumatoid arthritis? You know, you have to know what type because there's so many forms of arthritis. Get the proper lab work. I do believe in blood work. So I'm going to make sure that I get not only get a good history, a good physical exam, but I'm going to get lab work. I'm going to get blood work. And we look at functional blood work. What? From what level to what level are you functioning? Homeocysteine is very important. Um, your C-reactive protein is very important, CRP. Everybody should know their CRP. That's your inflammation markers. Know what they are. Make sure they're zero. That's why people, by the time you end up with some catastrophic disease, label because of the fact your inflammation in your body has built up and built up and built up. By the time you find out, you're having symptoms. It didn't start yesterday. Hardening of the arteries didn't start then. It started as a child. They have shown that as young as, I think it's now maybe two, I know last time I read, I think it was two and a half, three, that hardening of the arteries, this starts in the plaque, starts building up as a child. You know, so if you're eating, you know, french fries and a lot of hamburgers and a lot of, you know, candy cookies, ice cream, it starts very early. So know what your levels are. Know what your blood pressure is when you feel well. Know what your cholesterol or lipid panels are. Know to the extent that you know your very low-density fat level, you know, your HDL, your cholesterol, your triglyceride. Know those. Know your hormonal levels. Know that you're not, you know, as an adult, insulin over, overly, over, too much insulin, in the, uh, not insulin, but um, so. Much, Estrogen in the body. When it comes time to uh, eating, uh, you take that very serious, obviously. So yeah. you would not, I take it, recommend to go to like McDonald's and Burger King and things like that. Those kind of places. What's your thoughts on them? Well, I tell people if you want to live, you need to eat live food. Bottom line. Uh-huh. So, if I want, and if you think of every morsel of food you put in your mouth, is it going something that's going to take away, or is it going to add to my health? So, if I'm eating dead food and dead animals, um, how is that going oh, to help? Oh boy! Now, if a person wants to eat meat, I tell them, you know, make sure it's um, 
uh, free-ranged, and it's grass-fed. And you don't do that on a daily basis. You do not do that on a daily basis. But, you know, um, it, some, I do look at sometimes not, not 100%, you know, diet for the blood type because there's a lot of validity to it. So we'll look at that. And I know some people with certain blood type, you can't force them into a diet to be a diet, um, vegetarian. You can't. It does not work. I tried that with one of my daughters, and she almost chewed off my head. So, and she's like, I don't care what you say, Mom. I am going to have myself some meat. So she, she <laughs> What about uh, sodas? What's your opinion on sodas? Well, I think sodas, uh, no one should be drinking sodas. That's just, that is No, right? No, no. No one should, and please keep them away from children. But no one should be drinking sodas. And if you have pain, you're going to have more pain from drinking sodas. You know, so no one should be drinking sodas. And if you feel you just had to have that soda, just remember, for that one can of soda, you probably should have 10 glasses of water. And if you can hold all that fluid, then that's good. But just keep in mind that you just don't want to do that to yourself. There's too much sugar in the soda. And if you get a diet soda, if you get a sugar-free or diet soda, then you're dealing with your aspartame. Ah. I don't think anyone has made a soda yet made out of xylitol. Xylitol is a very good sugar. Um, but then again, you don't need all that. You shouldn't do that. So I, I tell people, if you want something a little, um, you know, sweet to drink, just take a lot of lemons and put them in some water. And take a really good cold-pressed, cold-processed honey and put a little hot water in it so it gets a little thinner, so it's not so thick, and then pour it into your lemonade with a lot of lemons. And just kind of sip on that, but if you want to do a little something. But outside of that, if you're diabetic, you know, be careful with um, the honey, too, because you've got to watch your, your blood sugar levels. But again, you know, if you drink a lot of water, if you take um, strawberries and get some kiwi, um, and some blueberries, mm-hmm. and cut it up and put that in your water and drink it. It's so refreshing Drink it cold. It's very refreshing. Strawberries? Strawberries in your water? That's uh, good, you think? Cut up strawberries, put them in the water. Make sure everything is organic if possible. Put it in the water and um, and just sip on the water. Make sure it's very cold. It is, it's very refreshing. So what you want mm. to quench the thirst is something very refreshing without using all the sugar. You know, I can't even, t- I cannot, I used to love sodas. My um, <laughs> number one favorite was ice cream, everything with nuts in it. So, you know, and I could actually drive past those places and not do that. You know, because I know I've but, had a history of colon cancer, so I'm not going to do that to myself. You know what a lot of people, nurse, uh, Lee, uh, have what we call emotional eating, and uh, it's not so much that they just do it. It people have uh, an emotion to a cookie or a bag of potato chips. What should they do when that emotion comes calling, almost like a drug? Well, you won't have that problem if you. And let's refer to me as nurse practitioner. When you say nurse, okay. Just, 
I like maybe just an RN, but I'm far beyond that. And with other degrees <laughs> too. Okay. <laughs> so that's just So what I would yeah. say is to get yourself uh, a granny apple, you know, your green apples, and slice it up. Uh, get a red bell pepper um, and a yellow, and uh, maybe a couple of carrot sticks. And you cut this up and you put it in a plastic bag and squeeze, uh, you sprinkle cinnamon over this. Maybe a couple of drops of uh, uh, vanilla flavor, a couple in the, in the bag, and a little nutmeg, a little bit. And, and sprinkling, you can put how much cinnamon you want. And close it up and put it in the refrigerator overnight. And the next day you carry this around with a toothpick or something so you can, don't have to put your hands in the bag. And munch on this all day. You won't have any desire for sweets. And plus your Wow. Wow. And it's so good. This is what I do with my patients who have cancer. And a lot of times we it's so hard because of the yeast. If you're craving sweets like that, you really want to get checked out and see if you have a high level of candida on board, if that's happening. Along with leaky high blood. level of what? Candida or yeast in the body. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, I know the answer to this. Uh, have you ever assisted anybody in quitting uh, cigarettes? Cigarettes is really, really hard, and I have helped some people. Uh, mm-hmm. I utilize in my facility glutathione in the nebulizer. And because I've been smoking and the little ciliary movement that move up in, in your mucus and secretion up and down, this, you know, in the bronchial area, a lot of that dies. So a lot of things are not moved out. But in craving cigarettes, a couple of people have, several people have, I've used the glutathione where they're able to do a breathing glutathione, which is all natural, and they lost the desire to want to smoke. Now, that's what a few people. Um, and then there's a couple other treatments. But a person really has to have, the one of the, have a desire to want to stop smoking because they're so many uh, additives to cigarettes that really keep a person to want to smoke. You know, it's funny you asked me that. Some years ago I was working with a civil rights organization, and uh, this has been many years ago, and um, I won't name the cigarette company, had actually put in the mail um, cigarettes and a videotape showing you how to smoke. So oh, my God. Yeah, they came home from school before the mother and they popped in the tape and said, wow, this is really cool, and start learning how to smoke. So um, a team of us got very, very busy and um, got it kind of squashed. But um, that's what happens. A lot of people really want to smoke, stop smoking, and I have watched uh, a couple of people who have COPD, chronic obstructive lung disease or pulmonary disease, and they just cannot stop smoking and you know we work on it they have decreased it we taper them back very slowly with some people so they don't abruptly some people don't do well just abruptly stop so we decrease it you know maybe you smoke you know a pack of cigarettes a day let's get it down to a half a pack and some people want to stop abruptly uh, but most of the people no one could be around me and smoke period because I have <laughs> asthma so you can't be around me because I want to breathe 
I don't have people around me. Well, the problem with cigarettes is that the uh, person smoking the cigarettes, they, the chemicals in there uh, are made to get you hooked. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's why there's all kinds of bad chemicals in there. So I and, uh, you know, it's costing people $100 a week. Now these prices of cigarettes have gone up in the last 10 years. Wow, that's sad. So what we it's, do, it's what great. I do is make sure they're getting enough vitamin C, make sure they're getting enough antioxidants, um, try to taper and gradually taper back to you know, maybe a half a cigarette a day or something. But make sure that mm-hmm. levels are increased. I do the vitamin C drips, so we make sure that, you know, they try to get those done or take a non-GMO uh, powdered vitamin C that I also utilize in our practice. So we have a non-GMO vitamin C that people order from us. And then they just take um, maybe a teaspoon of that a day. So you're keeping your immune system as healthy as possible, keeping your lung tissue as healthy as possible, uh, with with the right supplement. But again, I don't like to single out one supplement or something over another unless I get a thorough history from the patient. What's your feelings on people uh, legalizing marijuana in some states? Well, it's just my thoughts. I have seen yes. um, personally a couple of young people uh, in my practice who do not smoke cigarettes, and they have throat cancer now. And this What's that? They do what? They have throat cancer, and they never smoke cigarettes. And they're using... They never med- smoke cigarettes, and they have throat cancer. And they was using medicinal marijuana. So is there a correlation? Hmm, that's a question mark. Um, I, would, <laughs> I would just be very careful. With anything that you know, other people are controlling. <laughs> um, right? Is it I legal where you are? Yeah. Well, From medicinal you know, use. They say it, they say it is. I just still have a question mark. People are going to doctors. I know a couple of physicians who are, you know, um, giving prescriptions uh, for it. Um, but and some people say that they feel better. Uh, cancer patients have a better appetite, they say. Um, mm-hmm. And I know they use it for a variety of reasons, and now they have so many things, my understanding, under the heading of these these stores that they have. But um, I just feel that in the long run, people are going to have some other problems. And there are all these doctors, they're called Dr. Feelgoods. You know, they... Uh, basically give the patient painkillers and uh, the patient becomes a very good patient because every month the patient's there to to pick up his Oxycontin or uh, Vicodin or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, say that has to stop because it's getting, you know, the next generation oh, yeah. hooked I've, on painkillers. Yeah, I've never been an advocate of painkillers. I can have a person pain-free, and they don't need painkillers at all. Um, uh, never, you know, and now the pain pills are linked to other health hazards now. Um, 
that is becoming horrible. I think it's the painkillers now that are linked to, I know the antibiotics are linked to cardiovascular diseases and heart issues. Uh, a lot of the well-known, like the ZPAC, are linked to atrial fibrillation and heart disease, and people have had heart attacks on antibiotics. So painkillers in itself has its own medical issues. So I tell people, you know, I don't, people have got, people have brought relatives who were hooked from cancer and they're no longer taking the pills. The one thing with vitamin C IV therapy, it does help because the Myers cocktail will help with pain. And I don't have, even cancer patients with bone pain don't need painkillers because they don't have any pain. So if you want to just feel good, magnesium, there's something called Calm that's on the market, and it's a, it's a magnesium product, powdered, real, virtually no side effects, and you just put a teaspoon of that in some warm water and drink it as a tea, and it's very relaxing. You even sleep well. So, um, you know, there's things that you can do that help you rest better, deep breathing exercises, meditation, yoga, you know, just find something else to do. I mean, if that's if you truly want to come off these pills. Because it's going to come to a point that, you know, doctors are now having a difficult, since, you know, 2009, I think doctors are having a hard time giving people these painkillers like they used to in the past. I don't know about your state, but I know in California it's not that easy for people to just go get these pills. Yeah, well, when you're giving birth, that's one thing, right? No, you don't even need it then. I mean, you know, I've worked with people during delivery and in my training. Um, I think I delivered, I don't remember how many babies exactly I delivered and with assistance, even with my training. And um, some of them had a spinal and nerve block. Um, very few people had pain medication. Um, some people can't tolerate the pain, so they make it a little something. But, you know, you try not to want to do that because most people I know want to have a healthy child is not droggy. You know, you have a child, the baby is born, it's already going to be come into the world with over 200 toxins from the umbilical cord. So you want to try to put a less toxins in the body as possible. So and definitely not painkillers. But, um, you know, everybody is, is not me, and I know I did natural childbirth, but it came to a point it's like the pain become unbearable but that's only because I skipped some of the little moths treatment because I didn't think it was really working. But it does work. So if a person, you know, don't want What's to... What's your opinion on uh, tea? On what? On tea. You know, what? tea, coffee, tea. Coffee... Like green teas, teas? Well, green teas. Uh, green teas are very good. I think this is a product that's excellent for the body. Like I said, again, with any product, you have to know where it's coming from. You have to know how it's processed. You know, so you know you could you could, tell, you could talk about vitamin D3, which is a very powerful product, but where is it coming from? So vitamin A or C or whatever, you just want to know the source and try to deal with a practitioner that is ethical and not just wanting you to be on some auto ship to get a whole lot of products coming to your house, I just don't too much believe in that. So you want to make sure that you are taking what you need and what's going to be good for your body. And I tell people, you know, always meditate and pray before you go to a practitioner, before you go to a doctor. 
you know, and and ask, is this the right person for me to go to? If you're a member of an, if you are a member of an HMO, just you know, meditate and pray over that doctor also. That his hands and what he tell you need to do is guide it, because we can't live in a glass bubble, and even if we did, that bubble would be very toxic. So we just have to do the best we can and meditate over it and pray to a higher power and just know that we're going to be okay. Because now everything is so polluted. I mean, everything you t- you talk about is is a problem with it. But just do the if you know better, you do better. And, you know, seek out best practitioners and and go to someone that's going to give you uh, an accurate report or what's going on so that you can be healed. But sometimes when you, if you don't feel comfortable with that person, if you don't feel comfortable with that person and whatever that person suggests that you do, you're not going to have a good outcome. You know, because you're going to say, oh, he want me to take these pills and you hold it in your hand and then you swallow it. And you still have all these negative thoughts because of the person. So you go to someone you feel comfortable with, you've meditated, you feel guided to be there. Whatever that person suggests, you're going to say it works. I always tell patients, when you come back, you're going to have lost 5, 10 pounds. Do you believe me? Yes. Okay, well, I got that in their head. So they stayed on the program that I did. They come back and I weigh them, and they've lost five. And they're so excited. I said, but I told you. Didn't you believe that too? Wow, wow, that's that's something else. How long have you been working uh, at your craft? How many years? Well, you know, through my challenges myself with my health and a couple earthquakes (laughs) and uh, (laughs) the the Rodney King riots that burned down one of my clinics. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, it's been a journey, so... I would say um, uh, almost 30 years, here or there, give or take. 30 years, wow. And uh, uh, tell us a little bit more about that book. Well, the book is 16 chapters, and um, it starts off with my childhood. It ends on the last chapter on 16 is the journey of forgiveness. Uh, It is something that I set out to do. And I wanted to design a book, not so much about my journey, but something that a person would listen to it because we all have gone through journeys. We can all write a book about our childhood and our teenage years and so forth and so on. We all have a book inside. But I was inspired to write this book, actually an audio book, the first day of the trial. The first day of the trial I sat in my car when I arrived home. And it was like people have to hear the voice. So right. One situation is um, in 2019. So the e-books are very popular now. The uh, e-books voice are books popular. Like I didn't even do an e-book. I went straight. I have some of the people who are working with me or engineers um, that have worked with, with Michael um, who came on board to help me. I said I want to I want to do I want to produce an audio book. I want a song in same, the same title of the book. Um, that was a journey within itself. So we do have a song entitled "Written Before I Was Born," a song by Tony Malone. She did an excellent job. Um, uh, we also have uh, the book itself, and the producer, the engineer 
who was working with me, who was the engineer for Michael, and he worked with Luther, and oh my goodness, a, a list of Grammy people. He's a phenomenal human being. And but every time we would go in the studio, I was putting him to sleep. He said, "I don't know what it is about your voice, but I just get so relaxed. You know, we we couldn't finish anything. So I had to take my book and I had to step back and say, okay, now what am I going to do?" Dear Father, how am I going to do this? And so I was impressed to do it as a as a interview book. So I set up all the bullets for the entire book, and I have uh, a young lady who came on board um, to do the questioning, and it's like an interview book. So it covers each chapter, and it's interactive. So it isn't it doesn't put anyone to sleep, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> It covers from childhood to being bullied to scheduled for an amputation to I was in two comas. The first coma, I actually went to hell. And the second coma, uh, which is about almost 10, 12 years apart, the second coma, I went to heaven. Um, how to heal after a divorce, which I work with a lot of women that go through a lot of problems of healing after a divorce. How do you heal? How do you forgive? And going through that whole journey. So um, I've been divorced about 30-some years also. Um, Oh, really? Yes. And so healing through that. And then there's a chapter entitled uh, A Gift Through Infidelity. And that's one of the – I mean, I I love all the chapters in the book, but – that is such a beautiful way how I, I met my fourth, I call her my, my she is my fourth daughter um, that I met um, after I was divorced. And it has helped so many women who have had the same situation as myself. You know, it's just amazing what we go through as women. And even men, men go through a lot of the same thing. So um, my my fourth daughter, she and I are very close. And I met her after I was divorced. And um, the journey of meeting her and she being in my life has been absolutely beautiful. So, um, and a lot of people, my goodness, that's just, even the title, you know, people say, well, my goodness, you know, a gift through infidelity. I mean, how how could that be? But it's truly, I came up with these wonderful titles. Uh, The first couple of titles was uh, my niece, from my ex-husband, she and I was, she was working with me, and we were sitting down. And like I said, first I was going to write it, but it was just too much time trying to take care of the clinic, which was very busy, and patients, and uh, my three daughters, who are, they actually are adult daughters, but, you know, grandchildren, and trying to find time for them. And and then I, I get so involved and wanted to do other projects and different things, something I'm launching even right now that I hope to bring to New York um, and to all the other states because it, it's something that I wouldn't do nationally and international probably, and that is um, thermography screening uh, and walkathons using uh, thermal imaging. So it's important to me to do that. Now I've included with my nonprofit early screening for um, stroke, stroke screening because so many women, and men too, but women... It's already been noted that over half a million women will have a stroke this year. It's noted that a half a million women will have a stroke. 
we do not have the same symptoms as a man. And 5% of those women will die. This is what statistics are showing. My concern is let's start screening. Let's screen and then take care of it. If you know, like I said, if you know better, you do better. So let's get the screening done. So I have a diagnostic company that I utilize in my practice because I will do ultrasounds of the thyroid, ultrasound of the breast, ultrasound of the abdomen if I find something there. You know, I'm going to take it a step further. We're going to find out what is going on with you so you can see for yourself. Now we're going to work on let's start healing. But um, this will be a mobile unit where I'll be going from city to city, state to state, to provide early breast screening because the one thing that's hitting women that they're not aware of is inflammatory breast cancer. And inflammatory breast cancer is non-detectable by a uh, mammogram, um, CT scan, MRI. They cannot find it. Uh, so the lady, is, her name is Jacqueline, and her organization is called the Tatas. I think that's cute, the Tatas. <laughs> but mm. fortunately, she had gone to her doctor several times, and she has her own nonprofit. You can find her on the Internet. She went to her doctor several times to say, this is before I met her, there's something wrong with my breast. And her doctor kept doing all these tests and said, there's nothing wrong to go home. You know, there's nothing wrong. And finally, it was her chiropractor who had the machine, thermography machine, did her test to find out that she had um, inflammation of the breast. And by the time he, by the time it was diagnosed by her primary care physician, she was stage three. Oh wow! And it's oh, very wow. serious. I am an advocate for. Uh, a healthier lifestyle. I'm an advocate for uh, our health, and and um, you know because of my own journey of colon cancer and you name it, you know. And I have come to surpass those things. And not to say that you know I, I'm still a work in progress. I still work on me, you know. Because if I don't take time to work on me, I can't help anyone else. So it's important that I work on me um, to stay healthy. So my, I'm such an advocate on these issues because I know that we all have a wonderful purpose for our life. We all have a purpose for our life. Everyone listening That's to this right. call, you have a purpose for your life, the reason why you're here on this planet. You have a purpose. My purpose is health care. I know it is. I know right. it. It comes so natural. It comes so easy. I enjoy it. You know, I would probably move into my clinic, you know, if I didn't have to go home and get some sleep. But it's something I enjoy doing. I travel uh, to treat patients. I, You know, this is what I do. Because I think we should all be whole and healthy and feel good. And we have that, we have that right. We have that God-given right to feel good, to have a happy right. quality of life. We do. That's right. What's your take on uh, people that walk a lot? Say that again? What is your opinion on walking, taking walks? And exercising, you mean? In an exercise way, yes. Okay. Um, exercise is so important. That is vital to exercise. People who cannot, I have people who are 
quadriplegics and working with them. Uh, there's exercises you can do. You might do upper body Tai Chi, physical therapy, the um, true Tesla machine that I brought up can exercise your body even if you cannot walk. It can help to exercise your body. If you had surgery uh, or an amputation, use the, what you do have. You know, you use what you do have. You don't use it, you you lose it. The muscles atrophy and then you can't lose it because I've seen people's muscles just freeze up. So walking is the most simplest exercise you can do. You don't have to do it. If you can't do a brisk walk due to the air quality or if you have asthma or some type of lung condition or severe high blood pressure where you don't want to speed up the heart or uncontrollable atrial fibrillation, you know, know your limitation. Talk to your doctor and know what your limitations are. But, you know, a few steps a day, increase those by a few more steps a day, or it might take a week until you get to a mile. You know, but walking is so important. You know, if you can't get to a gym, there's a tape that you or DVD you can even do at home. Walk the pounds away. I found it very good. Let me just go back to the breast screening real quick, because I have mm-hmm. a male. I have a male spokesperson for right. men, for men in breast cancer, because uh, this person is in his early fifties, and he is my spokesperson for the men. Because when he was in oh, his early okay. 20s, he was elbowed in his chest and found a lump in his chest. And um, because he went to the hospital in his early 20s, he had a mastectomy. Wow. So I, I don't only do this for women. I do this for men, too, because of his situation. He is my spokesperson for the men. Then I have a female uh, spokesperson because she had just had a mammogram and it was negative. I met her three months later, and something in my spirit said, do this now. She did. We found it early. It was removed, and she's fine, and that was five years ago. Wow. Wow. That's... So we... mm-hmm. do, you, uh, do you get personal pleasure out of helping uh, people around the world? Yes, I do. I would figure that, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because you do get mind, some I, kind of a, no pun intended, but you do get some kind of high out of uh, helping uh, a natural high. You get a high out of uh, seeing people um, do better things with their life. Is oh, there yeah. any particular story where you could share with our listening audience where maybe uh, the chips were down for somebody? and uh, you brought them back to a positive state of living. Is there any any special story that you might want to share? Well, with, I probably have a lot of them, but after you asked me that question, what really came to mind was a lady who was at home, and she was terminal with cancer. And what oh, I, did, I didn't realize, I couldn't phantom as to why I was there, but I never question it now because of so many things that have happened in my life with myself and other people. So when I got there, they told me she was not conscious, she was not responding. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, this is a huge family. And so I'm thinking, why is she going through all of this? And, you know, she 
I know she has cancer. I know what the doctor said. She was in a hospital bed. She was in hospice. They didn't think she would make it through the night. And I arrived there in the evening after I left my clinic, so I ended up being there a very long time. But what was so beautiful is that I told the family, I said, before I do anything, even her physical exam, because I had a lot of her history over the phone, I want the entire family there because her grandchildren were there. I want everybody to come into the room and hold hands in a circle around her bed. We did that, and we had each one go around the room and just have their little special prayer for her and what they wanted to say. You know, because she's still with us, you know, and she's here. So we all prayed. And and I felt there was a lot of problems within the family. I mean, there's stuff going on in everybody's family, you know. And I felt sure. there was going on that they they were not letting go and forgiving each other, and 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 she forgiving them, and vice versa, you know, because it was a lot of kids. And when they have a lot of kids and family, there's always something kind of going on. And so everybody prayed and everybody let go, starting to let go, and you could just feel it and. You know, I opened my eyes, and I looked at the lady, and her eyes was open, smiling, looking at everybody. Right. And she was not really responding when I arrived. And for her to see all that love, to feel that love and that joy, love is so powerful. Yeah, it must have been... uh... That Epic. was so beautiful. I didn't even realize I had been there almost eight hours with the family because just to see that, it was just so wonderful and so breathtaking. And I told the lady, I said, and then when I started treating her and giving her some things uh, to do, and I told her, I said, I told the family, I said, don't be surprised if she wants to jump out of this bed tonight. And they said, <laughs> She was really weak. I said, don't be surprised. So they called me at 4 o'clock in the morning. They said, we can't keep her in the bed. She wants to sit up on the side of the bed and get up. I said, I told you that was going to happen. I said, don't be surprised because she's coming alive. She sees more cooperation within the family, more love, more joy, more forgiveness. She was seeing that. And with the prayer, prayer is so powerful. Tell me about that prayer. It's so powerful. So as long as you stay within that yourself, I mean, that's just one episode that I've seen. You know, it was just so powerful to see that happen that night. And, you know, for quality of life, that's what I'm concerned about. Nobody's, I don't say, even um, a a, a chemo doctor or an oncologist is not going to tell you, and they may say that, I don't know, we're going to get rid of all the cancer. But 9 out of 10, they do all their treatment. Everybody do all that they can. And, you know, to me, it's your quality of life. You know, this doctor has a picture that he put on the wall, uh, and it shows a family standing around a patient, and the doctor's telling the family, well, by golly, we got it all. And only thing left in the bed, only thing left in the bed is a head. Wow. Did you visualize that picture? So to me, it's your quality of life. I'm not saying I'm free of colon cancer. I'm not saying I'm free of this and free of that. But I tell you what, I have a very happy and a 
great quality of life. And the people who come to me, that's exactly what they have. They have a great quality of life. You want to be able to go out and enjoy life and enjoy yourself and be happy and be free. So love is so powerful. And I saw that more and more, especially with one of my relatives uh, here recently, and it was actually um, my own grandfather because I lost my grandmother in 2010 who was in her 90s. And my grandfather and she were both on hospice. Both was on hospice. Mm -hmm. And as soon as she passed, he came off of hospice and got well. But the moral of the story was that he was never really happy. He was not a happy person. I used to tell him, Granddaddy, why are you so unhappy? Well, I said I would stay with her until death do us part, regardless of the situation, regardless of this. I'm going to stay with her until death do us part. I don't think that do people any good if you're not in love, if you don't feel the joy. You walk into a room, you can feel that joy. You can feel the love. You can walk into a room with two bitter people who just had a fight, and you say, God, you know, stick in here. And people use make that that statement, God, it feels you can cut it with a knife. You know, you can feel that too. But when it's love and joy, I had two people come to my office, and you could just see the love between her. I said, no wonder she's doing so well with this cancer and everything, because she has so much love. And then sometimes it's just loving yourself, letting go and just purely love you. Not being conceited or anything, but just the joy and love of life, you know, and gratitude. Being grateful, not for what you it's don't It's like have, Michael always preached love. Yes. Yeah. Yes, very happy. Yes. So the gratitude and the love is so important. You know, wake up, go to sleep. Now you have a website, right? Yes, actually, I have one for the clinic, which is NutriMed, uh, NutriMed Healthcare, N-U-T-R-I MedHealthcare.com, and we do have WrittenBeforeIWasBorn.com. We have a couple of Facebook pages, and we do have. uh, MG, MJ Nurse and Sherilyn Lee, because most people remember me as Nurse. Actually, I was asked what titles <laughs> that I want to use when I, and I said just say Nurse because this isn't about me. This, you know that whole right, situation right. is not about me. I wanted people to know the truth about insomnia and how severe it could be, and that's what that was all about. And don't judge another person. You don't know that person. Don't judge a person and say he's doctor shopping when people are just looking for the best doctor. So, um, other Could you imagine, though, uh, the man has not been on stage for over a decade, and here these promoters, or wacky promoters, are trying to get him to undermine him to do 50 concerts when it was 10 concerts. Then they made it 30. Then it was 50. I mean, I'm sure he... It was normal for him just to have some anxiety because he hasn't been on the stage for such a long time, even though, you know, I consider him the best at his craft. Uh, you know, it, it must have been very hard because while he's going to sleep, he's probably, you know, he's such, he was such a perfectionist that he would want to, uh, you know, get everything right. And with all these creative act, uh, ideas in his head, Maybe that contributed to uh, his lack of sleep. What do you well, think? Well, you know, if you listen to his mom um, in one of her interviews, she said he's been like he had been that way for a long time. He had been that way for many, many, many years because he's he's such a creative person and with such creative um, strength. And 
you know, when you have this type of creativity, um, uh, certain people are different. They're, they're just a lot different. So it wasn't something that just happened, and you have to look up side effects of, you know, vitiligo. And what's so sad when people who have it so bad, and they're, all they're trying to do, even patients that I have, they just want to be one color. Vitiligo, you know, you start losing the pigment of your your skin. So they're just working hard to be one color. And when a person is talked about and say, well, they don't care and they're just trying to be a different race or they're just trying to have a different color, the only thing you're trying to do is just be one even color. And I think that is, like I said, so many things were so misunderstood. So when a person, um, you know, I'm not going to go all into uh, the concert component because that was part of the trial. but and I did state it in the trial that Michael was um he was excited. He was not he, he was excited but if you look at this is it, how much moving around was Michael doing? That's why he hired all of these people. How much was mm-hmm. he doing? And if you look at it closely he yes, he danced some. Yes. But they were all spread it out. It wasn't like he was gonna do fifty concerts straight. They were spread it out over a certain time period. So if you look at the whole picture, you know, a lot of people look at that, but you know what? There was no sadness shown. Um, he, you know, it was, it was, it was, um, um, like I said, I don't know how much of the records, I think everything I said was put in the document, but I just repeated what he told me, and when I was asked, and he was very happy that he was going to do what he was going to do. Did it bother you that you were called by the by his Conrad Murray team as opposed to the state, or that didn't of matter it did. to you? No, it mattered a lot. That's why right? I didn't be there <laughs> because I'm like this was <laughs> paints a totally different picture about me. You guys are calling me like I'm a you know. Yes, it did. I, yeah, I you're was, the hero of the uh, <laughs> of the uh, you're the the magic witness. So basically, a lot of people just cause just because you were called by the defense, you know, people that don't know trials, they think automatically, oh, oh, she knows she's with Murray, blah blah blah, and that can be nothing further than the truth. No, you I wanted nothing to do with this, and no, I, uh, I, I, you no, couldn't I'm even sorry. stand to look at him. Right, I I had to really contain myself that I could walk past him. <laughs> I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Difficult. That now the was. defense wanted to call you to establish that he wanted propofol. That was basically your testimony, right? Yeah, but I also had a chance to say yes, he wanted this, but um, when he wanted this, but the sincereness of that was, I cannot sleep. That's why I want you to watch me and see that I can't. He was not pretending. You know, you, no, I, no, no. I know better. I know better because of um, where I've come from, you know. Did and you meet the kids? Of course. You know, And uh, very- everyone says from A to Z that he was a, a beautiful father. Would you was, say that? I, is actually- I would say that. And, I, you know, I was, it's funny because the day that, I mean, it's sad because the day that, not funny, but the day that this had happened, I wanted to, I didn't even know, like I said, this other person was involved. I hate to even say their name. 
um, I wanted to go to the house that day because the clinic was real slow and say, you know what, I forgot to give him a Father's Day gift. I just want to drop it off with security and give him a Father's Day gift because I used to always tell him, I said, Michael, you should be nominated Father of the Year because there was such structure in that household. They all had dinner at the same time. I don't care what he was doing. He stopped and had time for his children. And I've been around a lot of people, trust me, and most of them, you know, keep going with their career, keep studying, uh, keep performing, keep doing everything they need to do. Um, There's some, there's some that are well-known who I've worked with who definitely take time with their children, definitely take time with their children. Mm -hmm. I've never seen anyone like Michael that really took time with the kids. They came first. Well, Michael will live on, and uh, like you said, it was a blessing that you met him. So, uh, you know, you could always uh, think about that. And uh, we wish you luck on the book. And you can also uh, hear uh, you're on Blog Talk Radio on Wednesdays, right? Yes, I'm on every Wednesday, Pacific Standard Time, uh, from 1 to 2 o'clock. And we deal with all... So that would be a... uh, Four o'clock here in uh, the east, right? Yes. Okay. I think it'd be five. Uh, yes. Three hours difference. What yes. time is yes. there with you? You you're at what, nine o'clock. Well, right now I'm at eleven oh eight. Eleven oh eight. Eight. Yeah, three hours difference. It's eight o'clock. It's eight oh eight. And I'm still. So we have callers from the UK. You know, I've been doing this for, you know, like, like you, but on this particular company for a while. So, you know, a lot of listeners, especially when it's about Michael or, you know, about Michael or, you know, somebody that knew him, uh, he was loved. You know, I never met he a celebrity. Well, loved. I never uh, my, my dear met grandson. a celebrity that was loved all over the world. All I'm talking Europe, Russia, Ukraine, you know, I could go on and on. You know, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I had a call from China uh, when it was regarding Michael Jackson. Uh, he'll, he'll always live on today, you know, no matter what the, the news media puts out. Because, uh, you know, I grew up with him. You grew up with him. We all grew up with him. And uh, he's teach- he teaches people like Justin Timberlake, uh, Chris Brown, uh, Usher. You know, they all said that uh, they learned their craft, and Beyonce also, uh, from watching Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. So all these new stars that we see today is a little bit of Michael Jackson. Yes, yes. Yes, indeed. And, you know... Um He's just phenomenal, and I, I don't care what I'm doing or where I go. I, you know, hear his music, or people will stop me, and and just want to hug. We we just love him so. We just love it so. That's right. Yes, he makes uh, beautiful music. Yes. And I want to thank you, Nurse Lee. You're uh, welcome here anytime. Thank you. And. Uh, Check you out on uh, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. West Coast time, of course, and 4 p.m. here on the East. And uh, maybe uh, next month you'll come back on the show. 
I would love to. I would love to. And when we do set up a wonderful book signing, which I'm hoping the book goes into a movie, because there is a chapter in there on Michael that it has to do with uh, something very inspirational that he shared. And uh, it's it's probably the shortest chapter in the book because I was not trying to do a book that, you know, and actually in, in the whole marketing of that, nobody ever knew uh, there's a big banner on my wall, and it has nothing with his name. So it's uh, written before I was born, and on the side of my picture it says MJ, but it stands for Miracle Journeys. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, uh, thank you for all the advice in terms of food and the cigarettes and all that great stuff. Uh, of course, the fans can hear this on replay if they like, on iTunes. Whatever you like, and uh, I will uh, send you the link. And uh, if you want to put it out for your fans, uh, I thought we uh, we had a great interview tonight. Thank you so much. Thank thank you very much, and thank you for having me on. And may God bless you and your endeavors. And this has been a wonderful interview because you know I don't do interviews about him. Um, people have been no, right, yeah, since 2009. Uh, you don't see me on TV. No. Nope. I haven't seen you on nope. TV at all. Nope. People have asked, <laughs> and I'm like, no, if I could do it my way um, and just, you know, get the truth out uh, about certain things, I would do it. But nobody wants that part. It doesn't It doesn't sell for them. Yeah. So. I am so thankful for the platform, and thank you. You have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed evening. Amen to that, and God bless you, too. I'm going to leave you guys with uh, Michael Jackson's uh, new uh, hit, Well, Love Never Felt So Good. Take care, Doctor. We'll we'll speak to you soon. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.